I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Between the Lines, the stories behind great sports writing. My name is Martin Gregg and this is my conversation with James Pierce. James is the brilliantly connected Liverpool writer for The Athletic and a lot of his writing makes up our latest book at the end of the storm and is out today. The book is a collection of pieces from The Athletic telling the story of Liverpool's historic title triumph and James is the star of the show. You're going to hear a little bit about James's background and how his years at the Liverpool Echo primed him for taking his coverage of the club to a new level when he joined The Athletic in the summer of 2019. You'll also hear James break down a piece he wrote after Liverpool's Super Cup win over Chelsea in August. This is a brilliant episode with a writer at the peak of his power. Enjoy. So James, I want, I want to start by talking a bit about timing. It's interesting that you had all these years at the Liverpool Echo, which of course weren't barren years. I mean, there's probably a couple of champion, Champions Leagues in there, but you take this job at the Athletic and then 30 years of heart finally come to an end. Incredible coincidence. In terms of your, your first year in this job, I mean, you really couldn't have scripted it any better, could you? No, it was it was amazing, really. Yeah, I think, um, you know, even I was during my long stint at the Liverpool Echo, I was beginning to think I was the jinx because uh, it had uh, been a pretty barren run. And then, um, yeah, no sooner had I agreed to join the Athletic. Of course, my, my final game for the Echo was the, the Champions League final. So that was a that was a hell of a way to, to sign off, that being my, my last game at the Echo after 14 years there. And then um, an, an unbelievable first year with the Athletic, just to, to be there every step of the way. And um, you know, there was a feeling right there from the start that this could be a, a very, very special season. And that it did feel like winning the Champions League was such a, a huge lift to everyone after all the near misses of recent years. And um, yeah, the, the the following year proved to be uh, you know a pretty amazing journey. Your exhilaration and excitement comes through in the copy as the season progresses. The one moment where it really really jumps out is the November victory over Man City, which I think you call it a statement victory. And um, you know, I think the, the the passion and the the energy in the stadium really comes through in your piece. That must have been a really kind of memorable night for you as a, as a sports writer to see that take place yeah it was because I think you know it was it was one of those ones where I think when you look back now on the season you know of course Liverpool ran away with it from the start really but I think because of because of what had happened the year before and by getting reeled in by Man City there was always that that nagging feeling especially when the lead was still you know not you know insurmountable that that City could come back and that City could put together the kind of run to really put Liverpool under pressure. So yeah, that just felt like such a such a huge win for for Klopp's Liverpool. You know, the, the manner in which they they did it as well. Yeah, and the you know the Anfield was was absolutely rocking that day because um you know it was the the, the, the modern rivalry between Liverpool and City has certainly kind of gone up a couple of notches in the, the past two seasons and um yeah, I think watching Pep Guardiola's meltdown on the touchline was probably 
just as satisfying for Liverpool fans as um, as, as Jurgen Klopp, Klopp throwing fist pumps in the other dugout. I want to talk a little bit about the differences from you know covering Liverpool for the Echo to to the Athletic, which must be vast, I would guess. And um, we did a wee podcast with Neil and Pete last week, and Neil describes how, how he thought you must have felt super powered by moving from the Echo to the Athletic because, and I think what, what he was he was hinting at was, I guess, kind of moving from the old model of of journalism to to, to the new one what are the differences I mean is it a question of you have more time to do stuff do you have a better budget what were the big differences for you in terms of how you used to cover this club to how you started covering it when you started at the Athletic yeah I'd say the, the differences are absolutely immense really you know just everything in terms of the, the structure of my week and the work flow and um, you know I think I think probably the biggest thing and certainly the, the biggest attraction for me when when I was first approached by the athletics owners probably in 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 may time of of 2019 was just this this chance to do do articles in in more depth and given the time and space to do things you really wanted to do and almost it almost it felt like kind of getting off the the hamster wheel of of you know just having to repeatedly churn out things to, to meet web hit requirements was which was essentially you know the uh, the task at the echo you know i was i was writing five six sometimes seven stories a day you know, and, and you yeah quite often you didn't really get the chance to really plan it was quite often just con- continually reacting to events and they, just the press conference match match report mix zone press conference again just you know, especially with a game every three or four days you're just in that cycle and it was yeah the, from the start it was clear that this job would give me the chance to just step away from that and you know it was it was just really refreshing to be told look we don't want you to be doing what everyone else is doing you know we don't need every cough and spit from Jurgen Klopp's half an hour long press conference you know we'd rather you know those quotes are going to be available in 20 30 other places and we'd rather you spent that time doing something else and um yeah so it's you know I've, I've gone from probably doing yeah five six seven pieces a day to three a week but you know some people say to me or oh, I must you know it must be so easy now compared to before and it's I'd say, I'd say it definitely isn't easier in some ways it's harder because you could almost do the old job almost on autopilot going from press conference to game to press conference continually where I'd say this is a lot more challenging but also you know a lot more satisfying. Yeah it's interesting that of, of trying to, to, to come up with new and inventive ways to look at to look at the club and look at the the themes that are playing out in this great football team and the, and, and the club in general. I think it probably leads quite nicely onto the piece that I want to talk to you about which was a piece I guess it's sort of pivoting around the, the EFA Super Cup win over Chelsea in August but really more importantly it's the aftermath of that and the lead into the Southampton game. So the obviously the Super Cup game is on the, the, the Wednesday night and then by the time you know they're, they're doing the lap of honour it's the early hours of Thursday morning and then the clock starts and then from that point onwards they, they have this race against time to be in reasonable physical and mental condition for the, the Southampton game on the Saturday. So so the headline of the piece is how videos, NASA technology and car power helped Liverpool avoid the biggest banana skin in history. Now, I think this is a really interesting piece because you know perhaps the most obvious piece could have been for you to have done a you know, a colour piece reflecting on Liverpool being back in Istanbul and this great moment and all the rest of it. But instead, you have this fantastic countdown to, to how 
Liverpool are going to manage this very short time period and, and, and still manage to be in top of their game. Essentially, it's a marginal gains piece. But I, I guess I, w- I want to start by asking you, how did you come up with the idea for that piece? Yeah, well, I think it kind of goes back to, again, having that, that that luxury of time and space to try and be creative, where I probably didn't didn't used to, to get that in my, in my previous role. And certainly from the start with The Athletic, I was told, you know, yes, we want you to be at matches. Yes, we want pieces around matches, but we don't want conventional conventional analysis pieces that you know of the of the type that people can read anywhere else that we want it to be different and, and I think also the other big thing was something that kind of that people were still going to find interesting to pick up and read in you know three four five months further down the line the idea emanated from the fact that I knew from speaking to a few a few of the staff members at Liverpool that that Jurgen Klopp wasn't happy with the scheduling that, that he felt that it was ridiculous Liverpool were having to play on the Saturday away at Southampton you know after what was it three and a half thousand mile round trip to Istanbul for the for the Super Cup. He, you know, he felt that that should have been should have been shifted to a, a Sunday game. But also the fact that he wasn't going to complain publicly, Klopp, because in, in terms of the psychology of it, he felt that that would almost be giving the players a ready made excuse if you if you start bleating in the media about you know how unfair it is. So yeah, it just it just got me thinking that. You know, it'd be really interesting to try and find out as much as possible how they're going to handle that. Almost trying to break down, probably not quite hour for hour, but not hopefully not too far off in terms of managing that from from very late on the Wednesday night. You know, later than I'm sure Liverpool ideally would have wanted with that game going to to penalties in Istanbul to to walking out at St Mary's on the the Saturday afternoon and um, yeah, involved speaking to. You know, a whole host of different people from from players to to backroom staff members to people involved in the travel plans at the club yeah it was nice that you know something that took a fair bit of work over a three or four five days you know, came together nicely in the end yeah I mean one of the things I love about the piece is that the central characters are, are not Klopp and Henderson and Salah and all these great personalities they very much are the backroom staff so uh, the physios and masseuses the video analysis team all these people coming together but I'd be interested to know in terms of getting the, the necessary material from them did you did you set them up in advance did you say to them look this is the type of piece I'm going to be writing I'd like to have some feedback from you um, over the next few days and, I, and this is the story I want to tell how, how did you set the piece up if you like yeah it was a it was a real mix actually I'd love I'd love to say that it was pristine planning all coming coming to a uh, you know the plan working out perfectly it wasn't quite like that I think you know I, yeah I, I teed up a couple of people that I was able to get some some updates from it over that period but it was you know in terms of the the best source of information for for that piece was actually waiting around outside St Mary's on on the Saturday after that game and again it, I guess it goes back again to the differences in this job compared to the previous one where in the previous one you know Liverpool have just ground out a narrow 2-1 win at Southampton, it would be all about trying to get as many quotes as possible in the mix zone. Now, the mix zone at St Mary's is actually outside. And you see, when you actually find yourself not too far away from where the away coach is waiting. So I kind of made a bit of a decision that let's not worry too much about player quotes. Why don't we just hang around by the back of Liverpool's team coach and, you know, as and when various backroom staff members stick their stuff in the back of the coach, you can have a, have a word with them, you know, off the record. And so that was, that was kind of a, um, you know, a real kind of rich source of information, actually, just, just having a, a brief chat with three, four, five members of staff about, you know, what have the last few days been like? You know, what have you done differently? That, you know, thankfully really supplemented the, the other things that I'd um, 
I'd got teed up in advance. And I think I think the big thing for me was, you know, it, it kind of opens your eyes to just the sheer amount of, of work that goes into trying to get a football team ready to perform to its absolute peak abilities. You know, Jurgen Klopp refers to them as the team behind the team. And, you know, right from the, you know, the, the NASA technology and the icing machines that go around, that they're passing around the plane to ease, you know, weary limbs on that long journey back from, from Istanbul to, you know, the, the, the kind of motivational messages pinned up around Melwood and nutritional advice, like, you know, I think carb power was, was one of them, um, you know, and talking about rest. And, and of course, the other thing, I suppose, the big factor was just how important video analysis is when you have such a quick turnaround, when you can't, it's just not realistic to push players physically. Those those team meetings with the video, you know, as I think a, a detail, you know, Peter Krawitz and the analysis spelling out exactly where they felt Southampton could hurt Liverpool and vice versa, where Liverpool could hurt Southampton. You know, that was such a key tool in a, in a period where Liverpool had such a short period of time to prepare. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's interesting. I mean, if you if you're looking for the place where probably the most dramatic action in this piece takes place, it's actually it's actually on the flight back from Istanbul. And you mentioned that a bit there. You know, the icing machine that's getting passed around around the players. One of the lines that stayed with me was the the, the head physio who spends three out of the four hours <laughs> flight back working on uh, Adrian's ankle. He's picked up this this ankle injury from I think it was a fan running onto the park and yes. stepping on his ankle. So his ankle is ballooned up. And for three out of the four hours, this physio has to is working on his ankle all the way back to to Britain from Istanbul. It's incredible stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you know the and a lot a lot of these people obviously usually all of their work and commitment goes kind of under under the radar really. So it was it was nice to be able to highlight you know the importance of people like physio Lee Nobes and. Massa, Paul Small, who, you know, even even in Istanbul, they, you know, they, they'd stayed over the night of the final and those two were up, you know, at the crack of dawn, 
you know, getting everything ready for early treatment sessions. And then, as you said, you know, coming into their own on the flight back in terms of, I think, as well as Adrian, you know, it was you know, someone, one of the staff said to me that he, Adrian would have had absolutely no chance of, of playing that game against Southampton. But for all of that, that work on the plane coming back and, you know, when you think that, you know, Alisson, of course, was, was out injured himself at, at, the, at the time, you know, that would have had big implications for Liverpool if, if he hadn't been fit to play in that game. So, um, so yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was nice to be able to give people a, you know, a, a glimpse into, into you know, what went on behind the scenes to, to get Liverpool in a, into a position where they, they could win that game because, um, you know, Southampton are no mugs and they've had the luxury of a, of a full week to prepare. It's interesting you talked earlier on about trying to make pieces timeless, I guess, so that you can read back in six, nine, twelve months' time and still get plenty from it. And I think another aspect of the piece which I think is is really important is the insight into Klopp's psychology uh, and how he handles the, his relationship with the players. And uh, I've got a quote down here from the piece where he says, everyone is waiting for it. Probably all the headlines are written already. Uh, he said, <laughs> I, I would prefer the headline, the mentality giants were in town which actually became quite an iconic Klopp quote, actually. But, yeah. you know, he's he's manipulating the, the psychology of the players, I guess, in that situation to say, you know, you can't even subconsciously let yourself off the hook because this is a challenge in front of us and we need to approach it uh, in a really professional way. Yeah, and it does it does fascinate me, Klopp and, and psychology and, um, you know, I was actually doing a, a big interview last week with um, Lee Richardson, Liverpool's performance psychologist, and it, it, he was he was saying that you know, he said I'm not really Liverpool's psychologist. He said Klopp Klopp is the head psychologist. He said I I, I just kind of pick up some of the work around the edges, and um, you know I, I know it's a topic that has always fascinated Klopp. It formed part of his sports science degree that he did when he was still a, a footballer at Mines um, in like the mid mid nineties and. Um, Especially when you consider that English isn't his first language, he is a master at finding the right words at the at the right times. And you know, there's just such a subtle difference, isn't there, between you know, I said earlier on about Klopp not wanting to give players excuses, and you know, there is a big difference between slaughtering the people that make the schedule and saying you know this is ridiculous, or and then or just tweaking it slightly and, and coming out and saying you know the headlines are already written. People expect us to slip, you know, the biggest banana skin in history. People are expecting us to fall flat on our faces here today. And, you know, it's, it certainly did the trick. I think, you know, and, and again, you know, I know from speaking to players for the piece that it wasn't just what he said to them pre-match. It was half time as well, because, you know, Liverpool weren't great first half in that game yet. You know, there was the motivational side and then also the, the tactical tweaks, of you know, of making sure that the two fullbacks were operating further up the field, that he felt there was too big a gap between the front three and the midfield, and um, yeah, and it you know everything just just came together in terms of that second half, and you know, I suppose also what ties in with that kind of marginal gains approach of Klopp is the fact that both Liverpool goals that day came from throw-ins, and um, you know some people scoffed when uh, when it emerged that Liverpool had employed. A throwing coach in Thomas Gronemark and uh, little things, little things like that. You know those those extra little one percent that the Klopp always looks for. You know over the course of a season, especially a title-winning season like that. You know made a huge difference. It's interesting because then you take your idea for this piece into the the Southampton game. So the things that you're looking for in in that game are dictated by you know this this concept that you've got. So you're looking for, I guess 
game management, how they approach that. Really interesting. The Grand March stuff is fantastic because it feeds into this marginal gains thing of like, you know, the, the throwing coach plays his little part in this like, you know, 72 hour period and, and getting the right results from it. But it must be quite nice uh, as a journalist to, to go to go into that, that game, like almost knowing what you're looking for. Would that be the case? Are you kind of thinking, right, now I need to look at how how the team approaches the game and these little things that, that can feed into to building up this piece even more. Yeah, and I, and I think that's probably, again, a big difference in this job compared to previously, where where before previously, you I would pretty much you know, usually turn up blind in terms of having a plan in terms of what I was going to write about. And you're always, everything you write was, is dictated by by events. I think the, the big difference now, and that, it, it, it tended to be the case for the vast majority of games last season, that you would go to a game already with a piece pretty clear in your head that you know and that, and that was probably the perfect example of a piece coming together perfectly because I think if you'd asked me before and you know what what ideally you know you've got a piece that's probably half written you know, and hopefully you know has got the makings of a decent interesting informative read but you know it wouldn't it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been quite so good I think if Liverpool had ended up getting getting absolutely battered that day by Southampton you know the fact that they had to dig deep and grind it out, and it did come down to the very small margins. I think almost it was you couldn't I couldn't have written it better really because you know it, then it it tied in perfectly with all those little things, all of the you know the the nutrition, the video, you know the the medical side of things, all those little one percent that that added up to make the difference on the day. And um, you know, there's other times when there was plenty of times last season as well where I wouldn't be quite so fortunate, and that you'd end up you know completely ripping up your plans and. And starting again, because I think there's always a bit of a tricky balance in that between wanting to be different, but also making sure it's still relevant as well. Because, um, you know, it's with all the will in the world, you know, if everyone is talking about one massive hot issue, you know, sometimes there isn't really anything to be gained by going off on some other mad tangent and doing something completely different. I guess probably Burnley Burnley away would be the best example of that when you know, I can't remember exactly what I had lined up but it was it, it, whatever the idea was you know that went out the window once um, Mane and Salah had their spat once uh, you know Sadio Mane fuming when he came off because because Salah hadn't passed to him and you know something like that you know you still you know the, the reality is you still when when someone, when when everyone's talking about something like that that's you still have a duty to react to that and and try and find out everything you know to to try and inform when something is significant like like the Salah Salamane spat suddenly you drop everything and you're making calls and speaking to people to try and find out whether they've uh, buried the hatchet and moved on yeah i mean i suppose that is a perfect example of how the actual narrative fits your idea for the story perfectly and and I guess to some extent you're fortuitous in that but also uh, I mean even if, if Liverpool you know lost 3-0 that day it's not wasted work because you know that Liverpool have these things in place you'll be able to return to that concept at some point in the season yeah, again yeah yeah 100% I think I, I found that quite a lot actually over the course of the season that when plans didn't come together very rarely did any significant research and work go to waste because you're right it's you know, if, it, if it hadn't if it hadn't worked for that game, it, it would have worked further on down the line in terms of in terms of the, the team behind the team piece. So, um, so yeah, it's, it is definitely it definitely all. I, I, you know, I, I like the fact you tend to the way we operate. You, you know, you have you have one of the the uh, the deskers down in London that you you're in regular contact with, and you kind of always have a chat before you you go to a game in the in the days leading up to it to kind of agree right what are the possible themes. Let's let's try and make a start on at least a couple of them. 
so that um, if one does to come come to fruition, we can turn it around pretty quickly. Hopefully, you know, with with informed information that you know that gives the reader something that they they're not going to be able to access anywhere else. Thank you for listening to Between the Lines. Check out our archive. And if you want to buy a copy of At the End of the Storm, it is out now in hardback and ebook from today. The buy link is in the show notes to this episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.